it embodies the tradition, the history of the game. Is it his time? Yes! It's the greatest golf tournament that we play all year. The return to glory. As a kid, you always dreamed about being a Masters champion. Yeah, here it comes. Now then, golfing betters, it is time for the Masters, the first men's golfing major of the year. I cannot wait. Sophie Walker, former Ladies European Tour player, commentator, pundit, an all-round golf badger and Masters fan is with us on the podcast as well. Uh, First things first, Sophie, this feels like a proper Masters, doesn't it? Back in April, I know we had it last year, but... There's been no COVID-affected build-up. We've got Tiger Woods in the field as well. We think, we think at time of recording, it feels like the Masters. I'm probably more excited for this than I have been for years. So you must be the same. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've got the patrons back. Um, The chances of anybody getting COVID, I don't think they're testing now. So that's looking good. Tiger is back. I have every faith that he is going to play. Uh, there's a little bit of a question mark over the defended champion, um, Hideki Matsuyama. He had a neck injury and a back injury the last few weeks. So that's the only kind of shame for me. I'd like to see Hideki um, at least give himself a chance to have a good title defence. But it looks beautiful. All the flowers are out. I'm looking at all the photos and the videos and I am really jealous. I've been a couple of times to the Masters. I've seen Eldrick win the Masters. My life was pretty complete, but now he's on his 55 million comeback and I'm all in once again. (laughs) <laughs> you're absolutely right in fact I was there the same year as you just three years ago that but it seems like forever so much has happened since um, it is Masters Week of course as we record this also head to pinnacle.com all the odds are on there and so just to let you know it just often kind of pay out just to wait until the very last moment particularly with the uncertainty of Tiger Woods being in the field or not we're pretty sure that he is going to be he doesn't turn up unless he thinks he can compete it's just whether he picks up a little twinge or not between now and Thursday morning but I mean there's there's so many places we could start Sophie but I think let's just go straight in and just go picks because that's what everybody wants um you can rule out the good thing about the Masters Sophie is it's a smaller field isn't it right you've got 91 in the field but you're ruling out those seven ceremonial ex-champions if you like let's be honest the six amateurs aren't going to win first timers it's 43 years since a debutante won so first timer ain't going to win and then also those who are never going to do well, well there, like Bryson DeChambeau, despite all his past 67 talk, Tyrrell Hatton, Shane Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood, realistically, for me, ain't going to do anything. You might have a different opinion. So you, you take those guys out of the equation. Basically, the number of potential top 10 or top eight finishers in an already limited field of 91 is then halved. So let's just go straight in. Who's, who's the picks? Um, we'll start with kind of little outsiders and... Uh, if you are listening along to this and it's safe to do so, do have a little look at pinnacle.com and just see the odds as well um, as we go through. But, you know, looking at those odds, Sophie, uh, John Rahm is favourite. So we'll start with him. I mean, is he the favourite? Well, it feels to me like since he's got to world number one, things have slowed down a bit. Um, we find that quite a lot in the women's game. You get to the summit and you don't quite know what to do with it. You quite like the chase. Um, his major record is phenomenal. 
and that is why he is up there. But there's been question marks over his putting over the last couple of months and the frustrations of the John Rahm are coming back out, which is quite good to watch. Well, I mean, when we say he's favourite, it's only just in front of Justin Thomas. Um, normally, um, you know, back in the day when Tiger played, you had a standout. I remember when Dustin Johnson won the Masters a couple of years ago. He was the standout pick. We don't really have that this year. I would put maybe six of them in that favourite pick from Ram, Thomas, Johnson, well, Smith seems to be up there, Scheffler, Kepka, they're all within a couple of each other, really, in picks starting like at 11 to 1 to 16 to 1. This is a wide open Masters, everybody, in terms of what you were saying, James, there's certain criterias, top 40 in the world, strokes gained off the tee and into the green. This is a ball strikers course. If you get hot on your putter, so be it. There's certain traits which really suit this course. And you want to be looking at someone that's won this year as well. Uh, that's what I like to see. You want a bit of form going into the Masters because nerves are a thing for, for golfers, um, even at the top level. And especially Augusta, this one means that a little bit more, the history, the venue. So John Rahm, for me, is a justified um, favourite. But I wouldn't put him as a clear favourite because he's not been putting that well recently. You look at the odds on Pinnacle.com. Yeah, you're right, actually, Sophie, on the putting. Goodness me. I mean, you and I have commentated on a few tournaments together for the telly this year. And John Rahm's putting has looked ropey um, at times. And he must be getting frustrated with himself. However, he was off last week. You'd imagine that he's probably gone to work on his putting just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, John Rahm, he is the favourite with us on Pinnacle at 12.880. So about 11 to 1, like Sophie says. You've then got uh, Rory McIlroy out at 22 and Patrick Cantlay at 25. Victor Hovland, right. Okay, let's talk about Victor Hovland because he's one that kind of jumps off the page a little bit. He's at 24s with us on Pinnacle. So what's that kind of in the top 10 in terms of favourites and stuff? Fearless has won this year, won Tigers event in December. He's also won on the PGA Tour. Um, when he's on, he's on. But is his short game good enough to win round Augusta Sophie? Yeah, there is a question mark over over his chipping. His bunker play is not too bad, but but his chipping, the, there is a question mark. There's normally an experience um, that's needed to win around Augusta. So they say... Anywhere between your ninth and your twelfth year is your like your peak. We saw that with Hideki and, and DJ winning the last couple of times. The trouble is now for us betters is that it's very much a game for the youth in the men's game, like it is in the women's. So somebody like Victor Hovland isn't old enough to have nine. Um, appearances at Augusta. We've seen that with Colin Morikawa coming out and winning a major. Victor, for me, he definitely can win round Augusta. I think his long game is so good that he can demolish the par fives, um, which is a key as well for playing round Augusta. I've looked at the stats. Short game you think is important, but actually tee to green is the, the first thing, and then it's you got to hold some putts. So if his iron play is on, like it normally is, in fairness, Victor is a very good bet. And I think he is, his odds are, are generous, I would say, for somebody of his ability. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. That's good. I'm just looking at 
some of the other players. I mean, Hideki, we're not sure about that injury. Pulled out of the Texas Open last week at San Antonio with uh, a neck strain. He's out at 45, but in fairness, he's always solid. You look at his PGA Tour performances and he is, well, just consistent. Doesn't miss many cuts unless he's on the wrong side of the draw. He's always there or thereabouts. Um, he's out at 45 this year. And obviously, it's hard to pick an outright winner. Of course it is. And I know that's the holy grail. That's what we're <laughs> going to be trying to do here. But at 45.6... For a man who is, and that's only because of this injury, I think people are going, well, he's probably not at his best. He pulled, he took that decision to pull out last week. He's, he's great tee to green, very, very consistent, very solid. If he gets the putter working, like all these top guys who hit it well, if he can roll that rock well on the greens at Augusta, like he did last year when he slipped on that green jacket for the first time, he's probably not a bad person who you think would probably make a fair defence of his title. I'm quite happy to throw my hat into the ring there and say that he'll get into, that he's a good each way bet anyway, Sophie. Are you going to disabuse me of that notion? Yeah, I would agree. At that number, you know, and mm, yeah. the guy is, you know, when he has teed it up in world golf, PGA Tour golf especially, he's won a couple of times already this year. Um so, yeah, it, it, there's a question mark over that neck injury. But, yeah, he's worth, he's worth a little go. That's the thing. We're looking at top 10 players as well as outright winners. Now, here's a little nugget. This is why you come onto the Pinnacle podcast. And this is why you get Sophie Walker on to spread a little bit of insight. So Sophie and I were doing some commentary at um, Riviera, right? The Genesis Invitational. And Sophie made this brilliant point in commentary and I've held on to it ever since I've clutched onto it. And it was about if you perform well at Riviera on the PGA tour, the Genesis Invitational, not always, but usually those are the players who also do well at Augusta and did a little bit of a deep dive into this. And Sophie is absolutely correct on that. It, it is, it's a similar sort of, not in the way it looks, but sort of in the way it plays and all the right attributes are needed to be applied to Riviera as, the, as they are at Augusta. So with that in mind, Sophie, and I love that little bugger, it was like an absolute piece of dynamite. You look at the winner of this year's Riviera, um, Joaquin Neiman, the Chilean golfer. All right, his last two starts at Augusta have been miscut and tied 40th, but like you say, you need that little bit of experience. He's still playing nicely. And he's out at 56 with us on Pinnacle. That has got to be worth a little sniff, hasn't it? Yeah, I've, I've already, like, I'm all in on Joachim Neiman. Um, oh, are you now? Yeah, okay. I just, I just think I've, I, I do my little um, tick boxes of what you need to win round Augusta. And basically, other than his course form, he's, he's up there. Um, he he's, sits inside the top 10 in stroke average. Um, he gains tee to green. He chip. I mean, his short game is beautiful. It is obscenely good. His natural ball shape is right to left. He's won around a Riviera. He's going to be playing his practice rounds with Sergio Garcia. Guarantee that's his mentor. Another guy that plays well around there. Riviera for me is a real good mark of who you want to be looking at for Augusta. So if we look at the top 10 this year, at Riviera, Neiman, Morikawa, Cam Young, 
Adam Scott, Victor Hovland, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler. And Rory just snuck into it. All of those, I would say, are decent around Augusta. Then you look at past winners, Max Homer. Um, he actually finished 10th as well this year. Phil Mickelson, Adam Scott, you know, the list, Bubba Watson, the list goes on. This is the mm. perfect suiting course, horses for courses. If you did well around Riviera, then I would be seriously looking at how they're going to do around Augusta this week. So, yeah, I mean, the only problem is Tiger's never won around Riviera. So if you're a Tiger lover, that goes against it. And also, nobody over the age of 46 has ever won the Masters. That's Jack Nicholas. Sorry, he was just 46. Tiger is about a month older than Nicholas. So that also puts a little bit of a chink in the armoury of Mr. Woods. So I think you'd be betting heart overhead if you go with Tiger. I think it probably just feels like a, an event too soon, doesn't it, really? If he was going to have a comeback, he was never going to come back anywhere else other than Augusta. It's probably his best chance of competing. It's a course he can probably feel like he can get it round, but he was never going to come back at an event like the Texas Open last week or just a run-of-the-mill PGA Tour event, was he, Sophie? He's at deep with us on Pinnacle is Tiger Woods. All the reports from the journalists who've been watching him closely and some of the patrons and ex-players, etc., who've had the pleasure of watching him practice over the last couple of days has said that he looks good but maybe perhaps not quite not quite good enough but you'd be daft to write Tiger off if you're talking with your sensible betting hat on I think maybe just stay clear this year but oh out of 50s Tiger Woods at the Masters it just seems a little bit too tempting uh we're going to look down to just some of some of the other odds on uh, on here, but perhaps some names that that you that you might not really think of. I noticed that Will Zalatoris Sophie is at thirty nine, and that seems on one hand remarkably long odds. So T to green, you're talking you're talking T to green. Absolutely brilliant. Did well there previously. Made his name at Augusta, didn't he? Having kind of just fought his way into qualifying for the Masters last year. But as you and I know, having watched him quite a lot, the bloke really struggles on the greens. Like, seriously struggles. To the point where it's almost a bit horrible to watch. So if his putting's right, and he's putting okay, by virtue of how good he is, strokes gained tee to green on the PGA Tour week in, week out, you go, okay, well, he's, he's worth a shot. So Will Zalatoris at 39 is good value or bad value? He's the best, well, he's the second best iron player on the PGA Tour, uh, and he's the best tee to green. He sits 170th in putting. And yet we've looked a lot at him. What I would say is I feel he's pretty good at pace putting. Uh, which is which is a key around Augusta. Um, he hits a lot of greens. He actually puts a lot less pressure on his putting for purples. He has loads of birdie putts. Um, so, yeah, he, he's one of those that we just don't know how much how much the effects of what people are saying, like us as commentators, keep going for him, saying um, how much he's missing. He's he's not great inside eight feet he really isn't his stats between three feet and eight feet he holds everything in three feet he's a hundred percent record from three feet but that three to ten feet that's where he doesn't 
he's not as good. And then he, he kind of jumps and does well elsewhere. I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's a bad shout um, just because of the, the way he's played. He's so he's a bit like Victor Hovland. He gives himself so many chances that it like compared to even the average PGA Tour player, he's probably given himself three more realistic birdie looks than everybody else. So if you look at it that way, everyone's got to have a weakness. Yes, his is his putting, but it's only on those kind of makeable birdie putts. So I don't think he's a bad shout. The one thing that it's the question mark was when he had his chance to win this year. He had that put to win, didn't he? And it it was mm. a great effort. So if we're talking winning, I'm not 100% sure. But top 10, yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay, okay. Well, we're going through some 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 basically some numbers, some odds, some players here to try and help you listen to this podcast. Golf fans, betting fans, to try and find a little bit of value. So we've done a lot of the big names. I'm going to chuck a couple more names into the hat, and then if there's any other left field picks, so if you feel completely free um, to to lob them in here, uh, Louis Stazen. Um, who's done really well consistently at the Masters, lost out in a playoff a few years ago, and I don't know, just just always very consistent round Augusta. Out at 53s, we know he had that long layoff, COVID, forgetting his clubs and stuck in South Africa, marooned seven or eight weeks or so without hitting a shot over winter. Played enough golf, though. Chucked in a couple of top tens on the PGA Tour. Um Augusta's a different one. He'll have obviously done a little bit of preparation. It seems to bring the best out in people. 53 he's at with Pinnacle.com. <laughs> that seems very good value to me, Sophie. Louis stays in. Yeah, it does. I, I'm just not like, well, you never know with Louis. He's not a guy that needs to play that much golf. Um, he's performed incredibly well last year at all of the majors. And he said that that took quite a lot out of him. Um, not getting a victory in them. Oh, he's about the same odds as Hideki. I'd edge Hideki over him, even with a little bit of a, a neck injury, personally. Um, yeah, my, my outside guy is Max Homer. Um, okay. Not only because of his, his Riviera record, he's picked up a little bit of length recently off the tee. Um and he was talking about on the PGA Tour, a lot of the trouble is about 290, 295 yards off the tee. He's picked up that bit of yardage that now he can carry those, those hazards that will be in the, in the fairway or around the corner. And I just like, I like the way he's trending. He's a very good iron player and that little bit more length Max is a guy that has been through a lot. Like he lost his game entirely, entirely. And he's now come back and won three PGA Tour titles. Look, it's a big ask for him to win it, obviously. But, you know, you can always cash out at any point, people. <laughs> and also, <laughs> he, he, he just looks quite, he's a good course fit. And looking at the people around him, I pick him over the Gary Woodlands that sit next to him on the odds. I've seen a few people going for Seamus Power. I don't know if it's because he's Irish, but there's a lot of people looking at him um, this week. Whereas, you know, I've not seen many people bet on the English, have you? Like English, no bets. The Vols, most people I think have seemed to be betting on like real strong PGA Tour players. 
and Americans at that. Um, it feels like the DP World Tour players or the ones that are playing more on that, you know, that people are saying, no, that's not, it's not going to work. Mm, yeah, I know. I'm getting that vibe a little bit. Not many people talking up. Lots of people have made their picks by now already. I think you can't be doing that. You've got to really just gauge it, look at where the value is as well. Max Homer, by the way, just for those listening, is out at 97.4 on Pinnacle. I think that's remarkable value. Um, I agree with what Sophie says. I think his game is very good. He's got a good record around Riviera, so that correlates nicely too. So I'm kind of right with you there on that, Sophie. Um, you're right. That you can look at the likes of, and obviously I would say this because I'm a pal of his, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick at 47. He's had top 10s there before, played nicely, four top 10s on the PGA Tour this season and only eight starts. So obviously his game's looking pretty good. Sam Burns as well, out of D5, where, bear in mind, he won a couple of weeks ago uh, at the Valspar and looked really good in doing so as well. Shot some low numbers and struck it beautifully tee to green. Now then, Last name I'm going to throw at you, Sophie, before I kind of open the floor just to chuck in any any others in. There might not be any others. We've covered quite a lot of ground here on the podcast. Jordan Spieth is at 24 at the time of recording on uh, Pinnacle.com. Now, all right, he's not pulled any trees up this season. We know that he's working with an exaggerated backswing, trying to take the left side of the golf course out of play. However, he's an Augusta specialist and I watched him in the final round of the Texas Open on Sunday. He was absolutely nowhere in the tournament. Snuck a little backdoor top 25 with a final round of 67 and actually missed about a five-footer on the last for 66. And I just thought to myself, maybe just at the 11th hour, fact found something, something might have just clicked and you can guarantee that that round of five under par at the Texas Open when he was nowhere and showed no signs of anything all week will have really given him a bit of a spring in his step heading into this week and I think that's pretty good value as well. You can never write him off round Augusta. No, you can't. I mean, I think at the beginning of the year, he would have been up there as a strong favourite. We saw the, the little comeback from Spieth um, and then... You know, he hasn't particularly pushed on, has he, this season. His stroke average, he sits 136 in stroke average on the PGA Tour this year. 71 and a half. That's, you know, that, that we're talk- so we've really got to hope that Augusta brings it out of him. You know, that, that feeling of winning the green jacket and obviously he is a specialist. That worries me, that that stroke average, because you've got to put four really low rounds round Augusta. Um, I can't believe it. You know, I'm a massive Spieth fan, Rory fan and Tiger fan, and I am not picking any of them, which probably means they're going to do really well. But they're the three that I would stay away from this week rather than lump on. Yeah, okay. Okay. Any other business before we go? I mean, we've covered a lot of ground. I think we've given some good value there. Good insight, Sophie, this year. We've had quite a lot to pick from. But any anything else near the little rogue names that catch your eye? I, I just think in general with, with everybody, with this this, this um, season in, in, in PGA Tour, in world men's golf, like, it is, it's open. It's wide open. We have not even mentioned Scott Scheffler, who was world number one, right? That is, that is where we're at right now. That there is a changing of the guard in men's golf. 
the the youngsters, the Morikawas, the Schefflers, the Hovlands, they are coming through. And the likes of Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, they've got a decision to make, as in, are we going to put a stop to this? Or actually, can we put a stop to this? And that's a significant thing. I don't think these guys, before the top of the men's game was so much better than the rest. No, there's a real core of youngsters coming through to go, I'm ready to win a major. I'm going to stick my neck out here and say, this is a changing of the guard and we will see some new major winners this year, like we did last year with Morikawa. So I'm going for a first-time Masters winner this year. There we go. Sophie Walker, I think you've absolutely smashed those picks and uh, given some really good insight. That's how we help you find value here on the Pinnacle Major Talk podcast. And there are so many different little bits and pieces going into the week. Do check them out on the website, pinnacle.com. There's also little head-to-heads as well. They're always good fun as well, playing in the same group, some not even playing in the same group. But if you think, yeah, I fancy him to score better than him that day or however, however you want to play it, you can make a little accumulator that way as well. There's so many cool things around the Masters. We're going to absolutely love it. We hope that you do too. There'll be plenty of pieces on the website too about that. Right, until the next time, uh, from myself and Sophie Walker, we wish you a happy Masters week and goodbye. Well, here it comes.